hit it up, my selector. Ta, ta, ta. Shot like this could I never miss. Hello and welcome to Raw Raw. My name's Tom Latcham and you will know me as the host of Raw, the 90s rave podcast. Well, this is a brand new spin-off show which will run alongside our big name fortnightly interviews with 90s rave legends, which I hope you've been enjoying watching and listening to so far. Uh, in Raw Raw, we'll be discussing and debating the 90s rave scene and some of the amazing moments and memories that it threw up. We'll be running some fun competitions and features, uh, as well as interviewing artists connected to the 90s rave scene that perhaps don't fit quite onto the main podcast if you want to get in touch with anything at all perhaps to come on the show or just share a memory that we can discuss in future episodes of raw raw you can get in touch hello at the 90s rave podcast.co.uk or you can head to our social media channels uh, to kick off the first episode of raw raw though we're going to be taking a look at growing rumors of a helter skelter comeback it's certainly divided opinion whether the biggest uh, one of the biggest raves in history uh, certainly in the 90s should come back and in what form and to uh, discuss this joining me now is uh, MC Majika he's a man who's played uh, quite a number of skelters in his time and he appears to be very much in the know about what's happening so let's say hello hello mate how you doing I'm very well thank you how are you uh, I'm all right. Cheers for joining us uh, on this first edition of Raw Raw. Uh, it's a spin-off show to the uh, the main 90s raid podcast. And I couldn't think of a better guest to have on as our first guest than you, Mr. Majika. I don't know if you call him Mr. Majika. Or... <laughs> I think it, he's not cool at all. So you're probably, no, 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 you're probably better off not being called Mr. Majika. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> what do you want me to call you? G. G, okay, G. Uh, but G, um, thank you for joining us on this first <laughs> first edition of Raw. And the yeah. reason I've got you on is because we want to talk about the Helter Skelter rumours. Uh, rumours of a, a reunion, the first reunion in years and years and years since back in the day. And you seem to be very much involved in these rumours. So that's why I wanted to get you on to talk about it. But there, yeah. have, been, there have been loads of rumours before, G. Um, what's different now? Uh, I think the things, you know, when you talk about rumours in the past, they were rumours. And it was basically, you know, that the page on Facebook was started by a fan called Sean Bertie, rest in, rest in sleep. You know, he passed away, you know, a good two to three years ago now. And he approached me at least five years ago plus and said, look, can, can you help me out with this page? You know, I just want to try and create some nostalgia and some memories. And, you know, for those who know me, I'm... I've been proactive from the start. I'm proactive still now. I'm heavily involved in a lot of things. I'm very passionate. Elter Skelter was a, a big part of me and, and what I did and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, in my life. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly help you, you know, develop the page and build on it. And what we set out with the page was, we set out, we, so we've probably made, I don't know, probably people have misinterpreted what when we started the page that we said, look, you know, we're going to try and campaign, build up the momentum, build up the hype, and see if we can get Dave out, you know? And that was the idea, and then, you know, and, and to entice people to support the page. And Dave's always been kept in the loop. He's always kept in the loop. You've got to say hello to my friend. Oh, he's gone. I was just about to show, you, show my cat. He's just ran off. What's your cat called? <laughs> yeah, Jasper. Jasper. He's just done one. Um, so, Never uh, work with children so or basically, animals, basically, like, gee. you know, Dave's always... Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, mate. They, they always say, um, I mean, Dave, Dave's always been kept in the loop. 
Um, he's always been kept, you know, uh, up to date with what was going on, on the page. You know, the, the, the support. And what's he been? Sa- what, what has he said about that historically? Because it seems you went out with him the other day, didn't you? You went out. There was yeah. a picture of well, you look, right out for dinner. The, yeah. It, it, it clearly hasn't wanted to do it, done it in the past. Otherwise, he would have done it, look, despite look, being kept in the loop. So, what's what's changed now? Look, in the past, right? Dave's always categorically said no. Right? Dave's also been offered lots of deals, money on the table for people to buy the brand. And like I said on the video on the page of the other day, this man doesn't need to do it, doesn't want to do it in terms of sell the brand. He loves what he did, he, 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 him and his wife, what they did with the brand. It, it's personal to them, as you can imagine. They put their heart and soul into it. And one thing I've got to say, for those who don't know him, this guy is a serious, you know, he's a raver at heart. He started out raving, like all of us. You know what I mean? He caught the bug, owned clubs, blah, blah, blah. The rest is history. But this geezer is a savvy, astute, <laughs> clever, intelligent man. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I've taken little bits from him and put them into my life. Just how he, how he deals with people and deals with business and deals with situations. You know, and I've made mistakes in my time and I've learned from Dave. And uh, Dave, just, he just wasn't interested. And then the other part was, you know, the other, the other part was he was like, look, you know, I, I, I'm too busy with my business. I don't want to go too much into his personal what is life. That, what's Dave up to these days? Well, in a nutshell, I'll just briefly put it, serious property guy. That's right. it. Like, serious. That's the same as um, James Perkins, who was the Fantasia uh, promoter. Mate, James yeah. Perkins, uh, you know what? On another... Mate, pff, I saw some of the things that he was up to. That kid was on another <laughs> level. I don't know if you looked at it. Yeah, it's up. insane. His, play, his place is insane. Dude, did you go? No, I haven't been yet, but that is the name of this podcast. I tell you, we're going to try. I've got a friend. Mate. We've got a mutual friend, so I'm hopeful to go to his uh, his place in Oxfordshire. It looks, mate. I went to this like stately pile, <laughs> not just one, two, and I walked in, and we're going off the subject, but this is, you know what? I walked in, and I'm not joking. This place was like a museum. Yeah, mate. I know. It's got like right? um, stuffed animals everywhere, right? Dude, dude, he had stuffed animals, and then he had a live, like picture and it was like a real human i was like mate how long's he been up there for <laughs> and he was like, and he was like he's just been up there for like you know a few days i went you what i said it's not even a party what's the special occasion why is he up there and he was like excuse me was just like hoisted into this picture and then, hey, are you here? yeah well i mean these people are living in another world g so right so listen so so oh hello jasper how you doing buddy <laughs> does he say anything no, no, <laughs> he's very shy. Um, so, so the thing is, um, you know, Dave obviously a successful uh, property developer. Um, what's changed then in his mind that he thinks, you know, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna consider this because, as well, it doesn't look. I'm no businessman, but it doesn't seem like the smartest time to be starting up a rave, given that there are no raves. No. Listen, it's not about starting up a rave. This is what people are getting mixed. I saw people say there's not going to be a rave. It's not about now. Right. People are still planning, right? right? As well as being like a musician and, and, a, and an MC, I promote, mate. And all my parties, obviously, we cancelled them all this year and we've moved them to next year. Right. If they happen next year, great. If they don't, they get moved along again. It's as simple okay. as that. Right. But people are still going to be planning. People are still going to be prepping. Well, actually, there's know. an argument to be said, G, isn't there, that actually this isn't a bad time to plan a big rave like that because everyone's going to be absolutely clucking for a rave. Well, yeah, listen, people are going to be clocking for raves. But look, 
let's let's just let's get it straight. This ain't no rave. This ain't no normal rave. Yeah. And this isn't about competition. And it's not about that. But this is going to blow out every form of rave event you can think of that's established. This is just going to, because of what it what it does, it resonates, it appeals to people, you know, it's close to people's heart. It's going to do more than just, you know, just, uh, it's not well, about... Can I, can, I, can I just ask you then, and this sounds like this is happening, because so at the moment it's been a bit rumoured, you know, you've seen Slipmat, um, Groove Rider, a few of those guys um, tweeting loads, about it or putting messages about it. Yeah, really supporting it. Now, that seems, list is massive. That seems like a concerted effort. This seems like there's something to it, but we haven't actually had it confirmed that Dave is up for doing this. Is Dave up for doing this? Well, all I'm going to say is, all I'm going to say is this, though. There is a lot of dialogue going on between, especially with me and Dave. I can't, I would love to screenshot stuff that he's saying, but you know what? We can't do it like that. It's not done like that. And it's something that he said to me today. He said, I will come out when I need to come out. Are you with me? I will come out and show my face and say something when I need to come out, because that's the best way that we're going to get impact. So, the bottom line is, is this, before he was saying no, adamantly. Two, he was too busy. Now, things have changed. He's at a stage of his life, he's got past the, the 50 milestone, things that he wants to slow certain things down. And he knows sun's gonna go down on certain things. And I keep reminding him, I said, Dave, 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 you can't leave this five, 10 years, bruv. Yeah, people are going to get like on. We're at a time now where a lot of us, you know, that were there from the era from back in the day, we can still come out and... and Just about. And <laughs> you, know, you know where I'm coming from? Yeah. And I said, also, it's going to be a special thing from, from my side, from even promoting, even being involved in old school events. So I, I, I co-promoted the last three or four flashbacks. I'm, 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 I did the Quest reunion. I'm doing the Quest and Amazon reunion next year. I plan a lot of old school things. And I said, listen, mate, the nostalgia from this event is going to be beautiful because you're going to get all those people that came out, 40 plus, some of them touching 60, bless them. And then, you know, and then you're going to get them coming with their kids, their teenagers. Do you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I said, it's going to be a beautiful affair. And I said, if you're going to do it, you need to do it now. And I think one of the things why he's communicated with me, he's seen how passionate I am. He's seen how proactive I am. He's seen that I'm actually doing a lot of stuff. Love me or hate me, bro. I'll do a lot of stuff. And I work hard. That's the bottom line. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm going down to for dinner to Banbury. And I went out down and we sat down and we had a good catch up. And it was lovely to hear what's been going on and vice versa. I'll tell you what, mate, his life He's. I mean, you know, I could talk about me. I could talk about anyone from the music scene, but let's talk about him. His life, man, bloody hell, that would be a movie. The things he was telling me that was going on and that's been gone on over the few years, I was just like, I was like, wow. Um, but the magic words were, I'm in a place where I can think about this. I can consider it. I can, I can plan something um, and I'm interested. And Dave wouldn't have me going down to see him in Banbury and taking me out for dinner and sitting down and having a conversation. And the bottom line is we are, there's lots of conversations that are happening. We're talking about a lot of things in terms of the event um, and a possible event. And that's, that's, that's something that we're working on. And, uh, you know, and, and as I said to, to, to Dave, 
I said, you know, you need to come out and show your face and uh, and just show your support to the massive, the mass support that you're getting right now. So that's something that he's going to address because he, it's quite important for him to do that. Um, in terms uh, of, of an event, all I can say is this. He's in a different place now compared to before. Before, it was just a rumour. There was nothing to say that was going to be an event. All it was, we, we had a page, join our page, we're going to try this crusade to try and make an event happen. That's all it was. It was nothing else. And I think people started jumping, oh, oh, skeleton, and all of a sudden it turned into something. It was never like this. It was never like this. Dave's very overwhelmed with the support, especially, you know, with Slip Matt's post last week. He was very, very overwhelmed and very taken aback. And, I mean, he sent me a message the other day. I can't even say it because it's, it's just personal and private. But that shows you that, you know what? I think patience is a virtue. Well, there's been a lot of um, a lot of chat G around uh, on all of the pages around what sort of form this rave would take, and people saying, "Well, it's got to be the uh, the acts that played at the time and nothing else." There's some people saying, "No, no, you've got to bring it up and make it modern." What people can debate this till the cows come home. But in your mind, what do you see it being? Um, do you know what? The only thing I've said to, to today, I think. I said, it doesn't need to be a festival where you've got different brands. The brand should just be Helter Skelter. It should be everything that sort of personifies, you know, Helter Skelter. Um, and, and I said, you should definitely have, as, as well as sort of celebrating the old, the old school legacy and, and part of Helter Skelter, you should kind of embrace some of the new. So that definitely should be something that you should look at. So whether it be, you know, on the DMB side, that, you know, that should be looked at. And I think there should be. I think there should be an embracing of, of the future because you're going to be appealing now, not just to the crowd that came yesteryear, but you're going to come to the crowd to the future. Because one but, of that, the things- but that's fine with drum and bass because drum and bass is incredibly popular, but hardcore is dead on its ass. So, I mean, what are you yeah. doing in that regard? But I think, you know, listen, he knows, he knows where he wants to go and what he wants to do. And when it comes to doing it, he will do what he, what he feels. And I, I believe, looking at it, and even on a sort of a professional mindset, I think whatever he does, I think it's going to work. Because I just think it's the nostalgia of the brand. How many tickets do you think it can sell? Um, it depends, mate. It depends on what you do and what you build with it. I think personally, from being proactive over recent years um, and doing a lot of prolific events, I think... He could definitely sell. He could definitely sell an event of you know. I think a three thousand event, four thousand event would be a piece of cake. And I don't then, think, uh, think it take long at all to sell that. No, I think I, I, I would. I, I tend to agree with you there. You look at resurrection that happened up in Scotland. Unfortunately, it didn't go. We were meant to go, and we didn't end up going. And it sounded like it was a fantastic event. They had sixteen thousand people. Well, they had. I don't know if it was sixteen, but it was certainly a big number in uh, Ingleston Hall or whatever. You know, yeah. so there are, there were obviously is interest. There obviously is interest in this sort of thing. Well, given that, and given that you think that it could sell you know, three, three, four, five thousand tickets. What's the sort of venue? The sanctuary's obviously gone. Well, look, I, what I'm saying is, I think, because we, we, we just stopped at the, the indoor side, I think if it was an indoor venue, I think it would sell out very, very quickly, you know, of that kind of capacity. And there are places, there are some places around, uh, geographical to, 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 that, to that region. Um, but I also think that if he does it right, he could, he could do something a bit bigger. I don't know if he could get up to 
the energy levels. Energy 97, they got 17,000 people. Now, I definitely think with a bit of work, 10, and especially with now what's gone on and everything else and everybody in the era and the old school and people who don't even go out raving will come out for this. He, he could do 10 to 15. It could happen. Now, I saw people saying, oh, but Dreamscape tried this. Listen, Dreamscape was a brand that was, you know, RIP Murray, you know, was a brand that was passed on and battered from pillar to post. Loads of different promoters had it. it you know, in the end, I even think Dreamscape took place in a working men's club. Do you know what I'm saying? So, different ball game. That was never going to happen. The way that come out, that was never going to happen. The writing was on the wall. That was never going to happen. I think with Skelter, it's a different ball game. It's got Dave behind it, a man of integrity and honour. He's worked really hard, very astute businessman. Um, and I think he's, he's got a, a gold, he's got a gem of, of, of a brand, which I think will resonate and, and rekindle and bring a lot of people out. But, but G, of course, this is uh, taking on an event, any event, is a risk, but taking on an event of this size, uh, of this magnitude, when the audience is TBC, we, we genuinely don't know. We're sort of guessing from looking at the Facebook pages and all that sort of stuff, and uh, we don't know. And it, it, it's, it's, it's inherently a risk. Isn't there a danger that it goes wrong? And if it goes wrong, it tarnishes the memory that they and, and, and the reputation that Dave and Penny built up for a very long time for being the very, very best. He said he'd never do again. Listen, and, and also in doing that, G, you are inherently linked with it. It could, there could end up with blowback for you too. Are you prepared for that as well? Look, at the end of the day, the end of the day, I've done it. Listen, this is a gambler's market, right? I've put events on for, 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 for years now. And all we can do is, is do our best, go with what we believe in, have some faith, graft and work hard, don't leave no stones unturned, and then hopefully hope for the best. And I think, I think it, 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 there's no fear here. I think there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of faith, a lot of belief, and a lot of self-belief. And then also look at, look at the feedback, man. Look at the feedback. It went viral. And, and that's just not talking from the, the heart. That's talking from the head, looking at the movement and the activity, and then looking at the story of the brand. It didn't leave with a bad and sour taste in people's minds. It was never a case of like the Dreamscape event where people bought, you know, two or 3,000 tickets and never got their money back. People have always been treated well with that brand. They've got good memories, fond memories, good stories. It was one of the champion king brands of, of, of our time from the rave world. It's all there. It's got everything. It's got everything for it to go and work. And you talk about a gambler's market. If you were a betting man, what odds would you give that it's going to happen? Mate, uh, do you know what, mate? I'll just, I won't put an odd on it. I will just say, listen, it's for him. To You've got play. a lovely flat there. Are you going to bet that? Yeah, listen. <laughs> it's actually a house. <laughs> he, he, he Even will. better. He, Even better if it doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Listen. yeah, I would. I would. Okay. Yeah, I would. Wow. Okay. I would, yeah. And in I that would. case, and in that case, would you anticipate, would you bet, would, you know, what odds would you say, so you, you're pretty certain it's going to happen full stop, what would you think about the likelihood of it being next year or perhaps 2022? Well, uh, listen, that's all down to logistics now. That's all down to logistics. All I can say is there's details have been discussed about possible places and ideas and concepts and all that type of stuff. And Dave is the man with the key now. He'll decide when he wants to go. In the reality, I'll say, listen, 2021 would be great if it could, if it could, if it could happen. 
even if it's a smaller event to test the water, like three or 4,000 people, it'd be great to do it next year. But like I said on the video the other day, and, and I said to Dave as well, I don't, you know, you've got like 21, 22, you know, so there's the potential then, G, from what you're just saying, for not just one event, but perhaps more if it goes well. well listen, there would, there could be, because one of the conversations that we had when we met was like, you know, a one-off, and he was like, well, you know, it could be something to carry on. And, and like I said in the video the other day, if Dave want, does the event, if he does the event and he wants to do another one, and he encourages and, and opens up to a brand new market in the next generation, why not? Why not? It's not going to hurt anyone. All this, all this talk, I try and ignore it. Oh, it's not going to be the same. Oh, it should be left behind. Come on, man. At the end of the day, right? If you don't want to go, right, just don't come. Simple as that. We'd love to see everybody there. If you don't oh. want to go and you think it's going to be, you know, oh, it's not going to be the same. Oh, it's not, it should be left behind. Well, you know what to do. Chill out, stay at home. We'll send you the pay-per-view link. You can watch it on a video. I might, I might leave that off the flyer, though, if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, G, it's been really good to talk to you, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we wish you... Uh, we, I think we all... Not, not everyone's going to agree, but I think we wish you the best if you do go ahead with it. Um, some people won't want it to happen. Some people will. But if it does go ahead, we will all want it to, to work. So we wish you the very best with it. And hopefully you can come back on and you can talk to us in the future about uh, all the developments. And obviously... Clearly, you know, MC Majika is going to be the lead MC in uh, what? Listen, you listen, take your pick, Mush. Let's forget me for a minute. I think, the <laughs> next time we, I think the next time we come back here, we bring Dave. I agree. I'd love to. I think it'd be fantastic. We'd love to get him on. He's an elusive man, though. We've been well, trying to get in touch with him. So, uh, yeah, you, you ain't going to get him, mate. He's, you know, he's, he's gone, mate. But you know what? If we, if, when he comes out and... and uh, he's uh, coming on Raw. Uh, yeah, and when he comes out and it's on... He'll come. He'll, we're going to get him here. We're going to get him man. here because he's good. Gonna, man. I've told him you've got to connect. He's listen. He's not a type of person who wants to stand in front of the camera and 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 he's a kind of guy who's behind there. Everybody knows who he is and knows of him. But I have told him you need to you need to connect with with, the, with your people. Good man. And uh, and, I, and, I, and and I think when the time comes. You'll hear you'll hear from Dave Prattley. Well, good man. Well, listen. We wish you all the very best with it and stay in touch with us, won't you? I will. Hundred percent. Take care, buddy. Okay, bye-bye. We hope you're enjoying Raw so far. Now's here where we ask for your assistance. We're a small team of normal people with normal jobs, and if you could spare us just a few quid, it'll go such a long way to helping us continue making more 90s rave-related content for you lovely lot. To do so, you just have to head to gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast. That URL again, gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast anything at all you can give uh, will help out and you might even be able to uh, get your hands on some artwork designed exclusively for us by Grantus Arts and you might even get a shout on future episodes that URL for one final time gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast you know what to do So we've heard what Majika has got to say, and it sounds like, doesn't it, Helter Skelter is definitely happening. Uh, Let's find out what a couple of people in the rave scene think uh, about it uh, as we welcome Ollie Yates, who's otherwise known as DJ Thumper, uh, and also Paul Sturgis, uh, who is uh, DJ Ponder. Uh, They've both got conflicting views uh, on this. Uh, Hello, Paul. Welcome along. Hello, Ollie. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Uh, well, let's start with Ollie. Um, Ollie, you've heard what Majika's got to say. Uh, it's actually more definite than we probably thought before we heard the interview with Majika. He's betting his house on it. Uh, so, given that it sounds like it's definitely going to happen, 
What do you make of it? Um, I think it'll happen. I think maybe not in the next year, but I think at some point over the next couple of years, I think it'll happen. I've spoken to a couple of people um, in the know who know a bit more than me and they are leaning towards it happening. So I think at some point it's going to happen. And I think the time to do it, the time to organise it is is now. So I'm you, fairly confident. Well, you've been pretty vocal about what a good idea you think it is. Why, why is it that you think it's such a good idea? Uh, yes. Well, I think, I mean, I've had some figures today of, of someone um, about, about Helter Skelter, actually. And I think Helter Skelter, from a business point of view, is... I'd say it's the biggest rave organisation from the UK in terms of tickets sold, tape packs sold. We're talking like maybe 100,000 tape packs sold over the years. Merchandise, everyone knows someone who had a Helter Skelter bomber or an MA2 at school. Everyone at school knew someone who had a Helter Skelter tape. I think from a business point of view, from a branding point of view, Helter Skelter is by far the biggest brand uh, for rave music. They'd be crazy not to do something, if I'm honest. Talking, you know, pounds and pence. You're a promoter, um, admittedly not on the scale of health. <laughs> uh, but no. then, uh, but then, you know, frankly, who is, mate? I mean, it's not a dis- well, no, no, no. It's not no, a diss to say that you're not on the level of health skills. But you're yeah. you're a promoter, so you know what yeah. it is that, that ravers want. I, you would hope yeah. you sell out your events a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, is there, yeah. you think, a real desire for this? I think there is. I think um, with it being lockdown as well, I think there's so many people around my age and older that are sat at home with nothing to look forward to, uh, no events to go to, money to burn, and all they're doing is sitting around listening to old tapes, um, talking memories with their friends, going on things like the Helter Skelter group on Facebook, talking about raves from 20 years ago. And I think the time to strike is is now because so many people are just sitting around with no plans. No one's got any holidays planned for next year. No one's got anything planned at the weekends for next year. And I think it's the perfect storm, really. Um, There's just so many... I've noticed lately on on social media, there's just so much nostalgia flying around. Obviously, with your podcast, um, I'm 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 on a few groups on Facebook for, like, rave flyers and things like that, and there's people buying flyers for like raves from the 90s just bits of paper spending like hundreds of pounds on them just so they've got it um there's just so much flying around well this is uh i mean you're right this is why we decided to start this podcast now we thought it was there was a sitting target of people ready and waiting but there's one thing uh listening to a podcast listening to some uh listening to some rave sets and it's another getting them out and getting them to go to an event um paul Ollie thinks it's a good idea. He thinks it's a, it's a nostalgia kick. What's your take on it? I think it would definitely work because I think there's, uh, like Ollie says, there's plenty of people that do have the appetite to go out. If you look at the group, I think they've got 14,000 people on there mm-hmm. who are all kind of championing a bit to go to a Helter Skelter. Uh, I guess my question is what would make it different from the plethora of other classic reunion events that have taken place over the last 20 years so why now why not 10 years ago 15 years ago you know i get we're in lockdown but we also don't know what the nightlife landscape is going to look like going forward at all it's a complete we're in a completely different world now so who knows is is i think it's uh it's very up in the air 
Well, you're a promoter as well. Historically, you were you were the promoter of Elation, uh, which again they were always they were always decent crowds. Um, are some did you sell out? Did you used to sell out those, or they were they were they were pretty well attended though, weren't they? Uh, back at Electroworks, we had a few that sold out, or a couple that went above capacity, actually, which um, <laughs> probably shouldn't have happened. But never mind. <laughs> well, I think I think you're probably going to escape the authorities twenty uh, twenty odd years on. Um, but it, so you, again, you know what it is that 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 ravers want. I appreciate that it's it's a different world really now in 2020 than it was when you were putting on events. But Majiki, you heard his interview. He thinks that there'll be some modern music represented. You're a you're you you you, you uh, DJ and produce drum and bass and hardcore, but UK hardcore is 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 pretty, it's dead, isn't it? It's pretty much dead in its ass. So when you can struggle to sell 400 tickets for a UK hardcore event, why would anybody want modern UK hardcore? Yeah, and I think that's probably where I'm a little bit more ambivalent towards an event like Skelter coming back, because historically their events were always about combining hardcore and drum and bass. And it wasn't like they were separated in different arenas either. They were, you'd have Nicky Black Market on and then Hixie on afterwards. And how do you, how is a, a more modern crowd going to respond to that? And if they don't do that, is it really held to Skelter? And I think that's kind of where I'm sitting on the fence a little bit. Um, if they're going to incorporate modern hardcore, I'd like to see them look at some of the artists like um, like who Night Force are bringing through. The likes I say bringing through the likes of Ace and the Liquid and Hyperfront Experience have been going for years, but they might they're writing new music in the old style, and that would probably fit a lot better than say any of the modern hardcore guys because their music I think is more in line with EDM than with classic kind of nineties rave scene. But are they going to get those people uh, through the door, Ollie? Do you think if, uh, it, with the greatest respect in the world, they're, they're not shifting massive units, are they? Though of of the new sounding old old hardcore, as much as we all like it, is that going to get? Is that going to do numbers on the door? If you see, you know, Pete Cannon, I love you know, love Pete Cannon, for instance. But if you say Pete Cannon on a bill, that's not going to draw a big crowd, is it? Is that for me, that yeah. question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have any modern music. I wouldn't have any DJs that have not played a Helter Skelter because that's the only way it will be a Helter Skelter. It's got to be 100% original DJs and MCs. It's got to be music from 91, 92, up to 99. No new remixes because we all know rave breaks and all the stuff that's been redone and done and done and beaten to death. I want it to be 100% original music that was played at Elder Scouter um, and I want it to be all the DJs and MCs. Um, I went to, as I've told you, I went to Resurrection last year um, mm. with a few mates, uh, Paul Zygotic, who I'm, I'm sure you know. Uh, we stayed over and I thought oh, it would just be another rave and we turned up at three o'clock in the afternoon. Paul Elstack was playing in the main arena and there must have been 10,000 people, and this was three o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I, did, I had no idea it would be like that. It, we literally walked in, and we couldn't even get further than the back of the arena without squeezing past people, and it was insane. And I was one of the youngest people there. Like, there was people there with res jackets on who'd been going out since 91, 92. They'd been to the first ever res. They were like 60. They had grandkids, and they were coming out for the day, and they were absolutely battered. And they, they everyone was had a smile on their face, it was and and that was no new music. That was all um, all the stuff that was played back in the day. They had a second arena with like a mixture of happy hardcore and people like producer Scorpio, Loft Gruber, and it was just packed all day. It went on. It was it was an all dayer and um, no trouble, no fighting. 
just amazing vibes all day. And that's when I realised, I think, something like a resurrection could be done in England. Um, and I think I think probably Majika's probably gone today practically with that and said, look at look what they did at uh, the Highland... Is it the Highland Centre? Like um, uh, in, in Edinburgh, anyway. And uh, I think... I think they've gone and taken that to Dave Prattley and said, look, it can be done because that was a brilliant day out. And I'm, I'm as old and bitter as they come with it. When it comes to music, I'm such a snob. But I walked in there and I was like, wow, this is brilliant. So, well, Majika said that if it were to be, uh, so he was saying indoor sort of, you're talking maybe 3,000 and that would be easy, but he could, he could potentially see it going to 10,000 outdoors. Where would you hold it as a as a promoter uh ollie uh if well if money was no problem i'd have it outdoors um you know i've played at a few things over the last five years that have been that'd be brilliant for um how i've played at a few hdid summer gatherings one in corby in northamptonshire and one at um, castle donington where they have download festival um and both of them would be spot on for skeller it was i mean it's just it's just fields really, but there's no sound restrictions. It's pretty central for everyone to get to. If money was no object, I'd do it outdoors. But um, it is a lot easier to do it indoors. It's a lot less hassle with insurance, licensing, security, bar. You've got to do your own bar, etc. So you know it's it's whether they want to put the effort in and do something big, or if they just want to say, okay, let's just use a, a huge venue somewhere in the country and do like three, four, five thousand. So it's up to them, but I think the the potential to do six, seven, eight thousand upwards outdoor, I think it could be done. And and that's not just me being a fanboy. I think it could realistically be done. Paul, we've uh, we talked to Wally about rares, and that was one that went well. But they are rarity, aren't they? Ones that go really, really well. And is there not a real danger that well, rares could have fallen on its ass? Is there not a danger to? that Helter Skelter, if it does go wrong, as I said to Majika, if it goes wrong, it not only tarnishes uh, uh, Helter Skelter's reputation, but his reputation as well, Dave Prattley's reputation. Uh, and, and and that is a real danger, isn't it? If, if we've seen like Dreamscape. What a flop that ended up being. I know it's not strictly the same as Majika said, but there are, uh, you know, it was a big outdoor festival and it ended up as a total disaster. Well, it's funny enough that you mentioned that because it came up on my Facebook memories today. The... Um... The, the reunion, the, the rescue rave that I played at was exactly this day six years ago. So it was six years ago today that Dreamscape right. flopped and died on its ass. Um, Still, you got a booking out of it. I did. And I'll tell you what, I, I guarantee the event that happened instead was better than Dreamscape would have been because it was, <laughs> it was an amazing little venue. They had awesome Jamaican barbecue food and really cool music. So what more do you want? Yeah. You know, well, um, Go on, Paul. Go on, go on, Sorry, you're going to finish something. Just finish your sentence. What are you going to say? Um, but I think, as Majika pointed out, with Dreamscape, it had been passed from pillar to post. Um, but I also went to their reunion. They did it at the Sanctuary sometime in the mid 2000s, I think. 2010. And, yeah. And to me, there, there was nothing special about that night at all. It was. It could have been any event at the Sanctuary. It could have been a slamming. It could have been anything. It, there was nothing that set that apart from from any other event, in my opinion. So. It's whether Skelter can use their brand and their identity to do something that, that completely sets them apart from, like I say, the plethora of other kind of classic events that have taken place over the years. You know, what, what will make it different from a moon, a moon dance or a rain dance or, or an innovation or something like that? Um, that's, that's 
that's the question. And that's, well, that'll be interesting to see how they answer that. Well, a question to Ollie. What was it that set Res apart from any, everywhere else? What, what Can you put your finger on it? Mm. I, well, for me personally, walking into a, a huge room like that, that was bigger than a sanctuary, and hearing Paul Elstack play, well, you don't, you just don't get that in the UK anymore. I mean, if I walked in and someone was playing Sweet Harmony, I probably would have gone, oh, you know, I've heard this a million times. But it was the fact that they had Roughneck, Paul Elstack, um, loads of Dutch and uh, Scottish PAs playing, people that don't really play over here, and Elstack made a name for himself over here by playing at res um so it was the mix it was the mixture it was the the right music the, it was the right crowd the sound system was amazing and i'm you, you know what uk raves are like sometimes it sounds like a hairdryer um it was just the vibe was just amazing i mean from the word go it was brilliant um everything it was just perfect um but if i'd say one thing it, it'd probably be the people because they were just so friendly and everyone was there because they made the effort to come out. It wasn't just like with weekly raves. I, I DJ at a lot of venues where you see the same people every week. And, um, you know, a lot of raves, don't, they don't really set themselves apart from each other. But if there's one big special thing for someone to look forward to, people are going to make the effort and it's, it's just going to feel special. So res was that, that special day for me, to be honest. Uh, and Paul, I, I know that you're not a huge fan of these reunion events. I don't know if you've ever been to one, even in the past. You've been probably been to one or two. You said you mentioned the Dreamscape one. Is there anything that Helter Skelter and Dave Prattley and MC Majika could do right now to get you along to this, apart from booking you, obviously? <laughs> well, to be honest, I think, as Ollie pointed out, it should feature a lot of the original Skelter DJs. And unfortunately, I'm not one of those. So it wouldn't be right, I think, to, to be involved in that sort of capacity. But... Um, I think the difference with what Ollie's saying about Res is that Res had a slightly different identity in that they did have all these kind of Dutch and foreign DJs they could bring over, which gave them something completely different to anything else you see over here. Whereas with Helter Skelter, most of the DJs that were on those lineups still play out at a lot of events today. If you go to most old school events, a lot of those DJs are featured. So it'd be a case of what they can do that makes it completely different and the name will sell, I think. There's no doubt about that. Just having the Helter Skelter name on the flyer. If they have a flyer designed by Pez, who kind of did all the artwork back then as well. That would kind of, uh, that would make the branding very clear. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure what would get me out, to be honest. Um, there'd have to be something on that lineup that really made me go, wow, okay, that's, that's, uh, that'll grab me. But I'm not sure what that is based on kind of the sort of DJs they used to book because I've seen them all hundreds and hundreds of times. Mm. Uh, well, what about you, Paul? At the moment, it's difficult to know what's going on with coronavirus, but have you got any bookings in at all at the moment? And what form are they coming in? I'm going to go to Ollie and talk to him about it in a minute because he's he's just played one that he put on himself, albeit it was to a very, very small number of people. Uh, but I'm going to mention the biggest crowd like. I've played to. <laughs> <laughs> but it is in a while. It's the biggest crowd anyone's played to. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Paul, have you got any bookings in? When do you, what do you see as the future of. Uh, as, as the future of, of rave at the moment? I honestly don't know. I think uh, the nightlife scene is completely up in the air at the moment. Um, I mentioned Electroworks earlier, our old venue is for, for relation. I know they're struggling. They're trying to raise some funds at the moment as well. Um, it's really difficult to know where things are going to go right now. You know, we've got a fairly 
erratic government who will say one thing and then you turn on it and then you turn again. Um, in fact, they'd be quite good at dropping rewinds, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I honestly can't call it. I've got no bookings in the in the diary at all. I was quite lucky that I actually did play a gig in February, kind of about a month before it all shut down. So I kind of uh, I sort of scratched that itch for a little while, I suppose. But um, yeah, who know who knows when things are going to be back to normal if they are back to normal at all. It's uh, it's a are, mess. I think, are, are, are you missing playing out? And and instead of playing out, you're doing more production or anything like that. Uh, always producing. Um, I, I, I'm, I work with Night Force, so I do quite a lot for them. I've just done quite a, well, the biggest remix I've done in my career, which I, I don't think I can mention who it was for, but it was a, it was a nice one to do. Isn't everyone um, just remixing Aston? <laughs> I couldn't possibly say. Uh, okay, fine. Well, well, I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, later. <laughs> um but yeah i mean i did a twitch stream for a promoter in america back in june or something but i'm not really set up i haven't got a webcam or anything like that so i just kind of blag my way through uh i play on night force radio every thursday night so that kind of again it scratches the itch it gives me a little crowd to play through gives me a reason to go and beat port and buy some new music every every few weeks so yeah, between that and the producing, it keeps me into the music, but um, I, I can't see any gigs coming anytime in the in the near future. That's grim. Well, uh, not only um, does he not have a webcam, this is the first time I think Paul's ever used Zoom. So uh, I'd like to congratulate him on managing to get it on <laughs> and keeping it on. Uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Appreciate it. No worries. Take care. Top man. Uh, yeah, and Ollie, well. I wanted to uh, just finally talk to you because uh, you did play out at the weekend. Tell us about it. It was uh, how many people? Yes, uh, well, I, I played at a small venue in Leicester called Boxed. Um, it's about it's like a, a towny club usually, but uh, it's probably about two hundred capacity, and I, I was allowed to play to fifteen people uh, because of social distancing. They had little tables with stools, with hand sanitizer and a drinks menu, and metal barriers around each. I'm sure you've seen pictures on Facebook of various events where everyone's like herded in, but. It was good. I mean, all four nights have sold out. Not that selling 15 tickets is like helter-skelter, but um, it, it, it went really well. I just played for four hours, Not didn't stop. I just, every tune was mixed. Um, I talked on the mic a bit. People were dancing as soon as they walked in. Some people stayed dancing all night until the end or shouting, screaming, like they hadn't experienced anything like that in six months, which most of them haven't, unless you go to an and legal rave. Uh, I played for everything from SL2 and Sons of a Loop, the Loop era, 90 Happy Hardcore, when it just started to turn into UK Hardcore. And I've tried to do it in chronological order because I'm a music geek. Um, so I went from section to section. I found it all in record box, had about 300 tunes on me, probably played about 180. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was good. And I'm doing another one this Friday. and the next two Fridays. So, and how did this come about? Um, I'm, the guy who runs Boxed in Leicester is a guy called Mark Pantlin, and he gave me my first ever hardcore booking in 2002. I've been DJing since '98 properly, and I played drum and bass for Simon Baseline Smith for a bit, and then I 
got into more into UK hardcore and he gave me my first ever gig in Leicester. Um, it was actually a, an elation night that Ponder kicked off about because they used the elation name without telling him. So it was like billed as elation, but it wasn't. So I've kept in touch with him. I've done a few, I did um, a seven hour solo set a few years ago at his old venue where I'd whiz kid and a few other MCs. I did like seven hours history of happy hardcore. So he just said, oh, I can use the venue for live streaming and a small crowd. So if you want to do something, let me know. So he's charging me hardly anything to hire the club. He makes money on the bar. I sell tickets. I'll make a bit of cash. You know, everyone's happy. So it gets me back to some kind of normality with DJing because this is all I've done really for the last probably 18 years, like semi-professionally. And how's Boxed getting on uh, in terms of venue? You know, we heard. Well, that- he's had to, he's started a new business doing uh, dessert, like selling desserts, like um, like a um, you know, like Uber Eats and Just Eat dessert things, because he was struggling really bad. He 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 couldn't apply for the government um, grant that they were giving out to. You have to meet certain criteria, um, and he didn't meet it. So he's, he was struggling for a bit, but he's like me. He's a businessman, so he, he put his thinking cap on and said, right, how else can we make money? So he, he's doing all right now. Um, but, it was, yeah, it was good to see him Friday. And in terms of the future, you're doing this three more times. Um, yes. Is this, in your mind, what we're the sort of area in which we're going to have to I really on? hope not, no. <laughs> because... You know, it's it's nice to play to people, but when you're playing in a, a massive club to 15 people, I mean, to, to be fair, about five minutes after I started, people were jumping around and hugging each other and because a few of them knew each other. I don't think people are taking this coronavirus as seriously as the government would like you to think. I stopped social distancing months ago. I'm not. I'm, I'm a fit, healthy person with an Im- immune system. If I get it, I'm sure I'll be fine. So... You know, that all went out the window after five minutes of me starting my set. Um, But I really hope it's not the history, uh, the future of raves, because it's totally different, like um, table service at a rave and sitting down. I've seen lots of people sitting down at raves. And, you know, I'm getting on in my years, but I still like to, I danced all day at res, like from the minute I got there to the minute I left, I was up on my feet dancing. And I really hope that we get back to some kind of normality either end of this year or start of next year. I'm hearing different things from different people about when to expect raves to happen again. Like uh, the guy I used for my events, Chapel of Chaos in Birmingham, he's been told it'll be at least March or April before he can do anything proper. Um, So it's just a question of time, really. But the more it goes on, the more illegal parties there'll be, the more people kicking down warehouse doors there'll be. And the government have only got themselves to blame because the whole thing is just a total scam in my eyes. Um, You you know, not that I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I think there's there's definitely a control element to it. And everyone's sitting at home behaving themselves. That's what the government want. Well, I mean, mean, we know that the government tried to kill rave music uh, in the 90s. And uh, this is a chance for them to just be inert and they can do it again just by being inert. Whether or not that is actually happening or not, I don't know. But I I, I suspect more likely it's right at the bottom of their... Oh, uh, well, you can see everything. Their priority list. Yeah, everything's already back open. You can go to the pub, you can sit next to someone you've never met before, but you, you know, you can't go to a club. It's preposterous really, but and are you, you getting any, keep... are, you, are you getting any bookings coming in sort of Yeah, are they yeah. Um, like next year for instance. Yeah, well, I mean, between I played my last gig on the 7th of March in London and then I had 
probably three three gigs a month all the way through to now they've all been either cancelled or moved to next year so i'm waiting to see what happens with them but i did have a big gig at pandemonium in amsterdam planned for end of november which um I played for them, made my debut last year and I'm on their agency and stuff. And it's a really big event, like 12,000 people. I was really buzzing for it. And then the Dutch government are even worse than the English government. They've closed down everything. They're arresting people on the streets. They're proper Nazi state, the police. So I don't think that'll happen this year. Well, they've, I mean, I mean, their health minister said um, in May, I think it was, that they will, that there will be no big events until a... Yeah until a, a vaccine's found that may well not ever be found uh, and so you do wonder whether that, that you know things might have to change at some point yeah but, that's but pretty, i mean pretty big talk but dutch festivals they they provide so much money to the government in holland i can't see you know it's cutting off your nose to spite your face really because they're then their rave culture is a million times bigger than as has ever been it's just part of the society over there so apart from hardcore events they've got defcon which is like sixty thousand people you've got to be thinking there's millions of euros being spent at those events all going to dutch people it's keeping you know um the rave culture going over there and i think getting rid of these big events is it's not going to end well over there either no, it's not. Uh, that's a sad, uh, uncheery note to end this podcast. I know, well, no, I think I, I'm hoping that by spring next year, there'll be, you know, it'll get all relaxed and we can start going out again. I think for the sake of a lot of people have gone mad over the last six months, like um, people go out every week. And if, if you stop them going out, what a lot of people go out to escape it and to have a good time and see their friends and let off steam. You can't take that away from people. So I think um, next few months, I think we'll see something happening. Well, fing- fingers crossed, Ollie. And uh, for, well, for, for all of us, but uh, for you as well as a as a promoter and a DJ, uh, I hope you get back playing and, and not just yeah, a 15, let's hope. not just a fifteen people. Uh, but good luck with yes. the rest of those uh, with the rest of those nights, mate. Well, that's it from this week's edition of Raw. We hope you've enjoyed tuning in. If you want to give us a hand to create more and better 90s rave-related content while getting shouts on future episodes and getting your hands on some artwork designed exclusively for us by Grantus Arts, you can do so by heading to gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast just a few quid will help anything at all frankly uh, but it would go a long way to helping us keep this thing going that address again gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast and we'll see you all next week